I'm Dan Kimbrough, and this is Systemic, a podcast about race. I'm a diversity and inclusion advocate and trainer, educator, trained conflict mediator, and media producer with over 20 years of community building and diversity experience. From local communities to university campuses to corporate trainings, I've used my voice to bring people together and better understand each other. I'm also a black man and father. Each episode of Systemic will explore new aspects of race and racism in America. We will look at where we've been, how we got here, how it affects us today, and how we can move forward. The aim is to educate and explain the intertwining of race as a systemic part of American history and culture. We hope that each episode enlightens and drives you to help work towards an anti-racist future. On this episode of Systemic, I sit down with Cleveland Way. Cleveland works with the Poise Foundation and the Black Equity Coalition as the Community Engagement Manager. His role involves engaging with communities and organizations already serving black and brown populations, understanding their needs, and finding ways to enhance their work and provide resources. He works with over 150 ambassadors across the state to implement programs focused on health, vaccinations, and social determinants of health. We discuss how the Black Equity Coalition was formed, their work, and their approach to community outreach and support. This episode of Systemic is sponsored by the Black Equity Coalition. The Black Equity Coalition is a group of experts from diverse fields working tirelessly to address institutional racism and structural impediments that continue to plague Black, undervalued, and underserved communities. Initially focused on responding to the COVID-19 pandemic, the coalition is committed to working towards racial and health inequity beyond the pandemic's eventual end by engaging disparities in the five social determinants of health for the underserved, our necessary means of health and survival, through the collective efforts of physicians, researchers, epidemiologists, public health and healthcare practitioners, social scientists, community funders, and government officials, the Black Equity Coalition is dedicated to ensuring that vulnerable populations have access to health, well-being, and economic stability. For more information, visit blackequitypgh.org. Hello and welcome everyone to yet another episode of Systemic. I am your host, Dan Kimbrough. Uh, and today we have with us Cleveland Way, who is the Community Engagement Manager um, with the Poise Foundation and working with the Black Equity Coalition. Uh, Cleveland, thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Dan, for allowing me to come. Not a problem. So um, what we want to do today is really sort of dive into the the mission and sort of purpose behind what the Black Equity Coalition is. Uh, for those listening uh, who are subscribers, you know that we are doing a series of episodes um, that the Black uh, Equity Coalition is under, uh, underwriting, um, diving into looking at health equity access uh, and health care in the United States, um, specifically uh, with minority populations and the Black population. So I wanted to bring Cleveland on to sort of break down down um, the goal and sort of mission behind what Black Equity Coalition is doing. And so I guess I kind of want to start there. And what is the Black Equity Coalition? Sure. So the Black Equity Coalition was formed by um, a couple of entities. One, Forbes Foundation, um, which is um, a philanthropic organization within Pittsburgh or Allegheny County, Mm -hmm. as well as the Poise Foundation, um, who is also our fiscal sponsor of the Black Equity Coalition. So when the vaccinations um, started to roll out, um, they realized within the Allegheny County area that there was a lot of disparities that started to raise its head. Um, if you look at um, the first rollout was healthcare workers. Well, there's not a whole lot of black and brown individuals that is in the healthcare system. Um, then you look at the second rollout, which was 65 and older. Well, because of poor healthcare, 
or opportunity to, to good health care, um, we do not live very far over 65. Um, with that said, um, they continued, they went to um, other um, individuals that was in their purview, which was um, a hospital and some epidemiologists and some um, primary care physicians and some professors um, at the local university and so on. And they got together and they went to um, the Department of Health, which was um, Dr. Levine um, was the head at the time. And they talked about the disparities that was taking place. Um, there was no fault of anyone. Uh, the vaccines had to come out very quickly and they had to gather a bunch of um, vaccinated individuals quickly. So they did so in a mass um, unit, which eliminated individuals, certain individuals. Mm-hmm. So when this came to um, Dr. Levine's attention, they said, let's, let's um, talk to the CDC. They, re- they got a regional map. They looked at the high death rates and low vaccination rates and population of black and brown individuals. And we came up with eight regions and now 56 counties. Um, and we have engaged 150 ambassadors within the state. Um, the reason why we call them ambassadors is because um, this grant is now um, pouring money into organizations that is on the ground doing the work with the black and brown community. Um, and we want to come alongside and enhance the work that they're doing, as well as get the message out um, for immunization um, and the purpose of vaccinations as well as eliminating some of the misunderstandings and the mistrust of um, healthcare system. Okay, thank you for um, that. So yeah, so that's that's where it all began, mm-hmm. right there. And so, and I want to get back to some of the nuts and bolts of that in a minute. But can you speak to how, in what ways, have we seen some of the work of the Black Equity Coalition? Okay, so we've been able to um, disseminate um, several things. So first thing first, we've been able to, since we've started um, this major rollout of ambassadors, we've um, vaccinated over 500 individuals um, throughout the state. We've also been able to um, give CPR, first aid, and AED training to over 60 individuals Mm -hmm. in the state. Um, And we are also enhancing the um, programs that are being um, ran by the organizations in the community. So this is a specific to our community, mm-hmm. um, and the money is being poured into that community. Gotcha. And when you talk about um, supporting the the groups that are already established, can you speak to that a little bit? I'm, I know we're here uh, where my studio is uh, in Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania, um, and while Park, we're doing the podcast, um, we've seen the work with the local NAACP chapter uh, and some different health fairs and things of that nature. And so um, what is that pouring into the, those who are already doing the work? What does that really mean? Well, what that means is that we have um, been looking, first of all, we put out um, mass um, media in regards to individuals Mm -hmm. that are, and we focused on those communities um, that had high population of black and brown individuals. And then we went to those 501c3s or those individuals that had a major hand in working with those communities, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that was NAACPs, whether that was um, local um, media outlets mm-hmm. that are doing podcasts or um, just individuals doing this work. WIC, right. um, there's a maternity um, agencies and and um, parenting agencies and so on all across the state that is that we're um, working with. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And can you speak to maybe some of the reasoning behind that that approach of rather than trying to start something new and and get in front of all these people, if there's people on the ground already doing this work in black and brown communities, let's support them um, and sort of funnel our money that way as opposed to trying to be the face of everything. Well, this is, I, I'm glad you said that because first I want to um, initiate this by saying that it is this is the first time in my lifespan that I've seen um, the government of any kind pour money into our community mm-hmm. um, for the sole purpose of enhancing and changing um, inequity to equity um, by using the people that are there. Mm-hmm. So that's why we call them ambassadors as well. Because if I was to go into your community, um, you may re- respond to me because of who I am, but there is not going to be a, a major connection there. However, if we engage individuals who are already doing the work, they're already established and they have a p- footprint um, in that community. So people do trust them. Mm-hmm. So if we give the information and they're able to disseminate that information through the work that they're already doing, then it's a win-win situation because the people will go to them who is already doing the work. And if we can enhance their work, then we can, we can help more people. Right. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I like that, that that's, that you point out that this is one of the first time in your lifetime that you've seen a, you know, this approach to it. Um, what is this movement from equity to non-equity to equity? Why was that really sort of the, you know, when all the research and all the, the dust settles and you look at all these numbers, why was this the focus of the, the coalition of this is where we need to be We're looking at healthcare and saying, if we can start here, we can grow from this point, but this is the real major focus. Sure. Because when vaccines came out, there was a lot, of, not just in Allegheny County, all over, the, I believe, all over the country. But there has been a lot of misinformation um, as well as some fears mm-hmm. that come up because the um, inequities that we have in our history. Right. Um, we have been hurt um, on many different levels. Um, and and um, the black and brown community the struggle because of the issues that took place in our history. However, many people take parts of that history and then incorporate it into what's going on because they don't understand what's happening. And instead of asking questions, um, they create this idea. And then when you have individuals who like to um, expand on that just so that they can give viewers, um, it makes matters worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that the healthcare system, if you, you have to divide that into two places because medicine in itself um, has a lot of um, stop gaps in it, and it has diversity, equity, and inclusion within the the making of equipment and medicine. Mm-hmm. So we have people at the table that is doing that. And when something is found that is incorrect, it is changed immediately and disseminated throughout this, the country. Um, however, there are other aspects of that, and that is the individuals that is in the white coat, which call themselves doctors, that do take an oath of do no harm. However, there's a bias within an individual um, that is carried in um, to that white coat. So when you go into exam room, there's not always a a means to an end. So I'm a patient and I have an issue, but if I am presenting in a certain way, there's a bias Mm -hmm. that will create, well, I'm just going to give you the least amount of activity so I can leave this room and go to the next person that I feel more comfortable with. Exactly. Um, and in talking about biases and a lot of the issues that the black and brown population face um, historically within the medical field, um, there the five social determinants that have been figured out that sort of look at the impact of the biases that have happened over time. And so we can go back to the you know 1600s and and we know you know through history and and, and anecdotal and empirical evidence 
there have been things that have been done to black and brown populations to make sure that health wise, they don't reach their full potential. And now we're seeing the end results of this throughout history. And so can you talk about those five social determinants and and what the these programs that you're supporting are trying to do to help alleviate those? Sure. So the five social determinants have, has to deal with when you look at an individual, it's not just going to the doctors. That's not what makes us healthy, mm-hmm. um, taking vitamins and so on. It's everything we touch um, that is a factor into our health care, where we live, where we play, where we worship, where we work, um, where we do all sorts of where we buy groceries or can't buy groceries. Mm-hmm. Everything um, plays a role in that. So the five social determinants of health deals with housing and economics and education um, and, and so on. So when you look at all of that, um, that's why we're dealing with ambassadors in many different areas to try and touch on those um, because there's already inequities. Mm-hmm. We knew that there were inequities and disparities within these areas all the time. So if I was to have an individual who was um, over 65, female, and she goes to the doctor and she says that she has high blood pressure and hypertension, okay? Doctor tell her to get off her sugar, um, lower her sugar intake and lower her salt intake. However, when she goes to um, goes home, she gets frustrated because um, she lives in the food desert. Mm-hmm. She may have um, food stamps and she may be able to get a ride to the gro- a grocery store once a month. But what happens the other three weeks? She goes to the, to the corner store, which on the shelf is packaged food, which is high in sodium, high in sugar. Mm-hmm. So they get frustrated because they can't do what the doctor is saying. So then they're going to go back to the doctor, which create more health. So understand that all of that, if you're in a hot, if you're in a, um, an apartment building that has lead-based paint and or black mold in there, and you have a child, that is a poor environment that is going to affect your health. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, again, um, there's so many different areas. A um, lot of, lot of studies and things that come out of COVID, um, mental health and, and adolescents um, and teenagers, um, has skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Um, education and educational system has decreased. Um, and so there's so many things and that also affects our, our health. And it's interesting that when we talk about health, it's almost a whole person approach now. Instead of just looking at, you know, sort of the internal aspect, it's what's affecting the internal aspect of an individual. Um, that's almost, sort of newfangled, you know, sort of this new approach to looking at health, but it's really in line with this idea of really making a delineation between equality versus equity in healthcare. And can you speak to to why this whole person approach is really important? Sure. So I think that um, um, this is going to be my personal opinion and that we have, um, as a black community, have been talking equality mm-hmm. and wanting equality um, for as long as I I've been able to understand what has been going on in our community. So um, I think that's the wrong word. So when you talk about equity versus equality, um, equality is giving everyone the exact same thing. But that's the wrong approach to this because um, you and I even have different aspects of our life that we can't have the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. If we do, it will not respond to our um, situation in the same manner or effectively. However, um, so um, equality is giving everybody a bike Mm -hmm. or giving everybody a shoe, right? Equity is giving everybody a shoe that fits. I need to look into your life and be able to give you what you need to be successful and approachable. I don't don't need 
to make everything a level playing field because we're not. I'm six foot two. And Dan, I know you're a little bit shorter than I am. I'm not going to say what that was. <laughs> <laughs> but but with that said, um, so um, the bicycle that's going to fit me may not be the bicycle that fits you. So right. you're going to need something that fits you. Now, if you globally look at that whole aspect into our lives, give me what I need to be successful, mm-hmm. whatever that means. If I have a disability, um, then give me what I need so that that disability does not hinder me, but it enhances me right. to be the best that I can be as an individual. No, thank you for that. I agree a hundred percent. And so, um, if we're talking about this shift from this equality focused look, um, whether it's within healthcare specifically or even in this sort of broader, um, almost civil rights look at the world, um, and we're transitioning into this more of an equity focus, what was it? And, and I sort of already know the answer. I think all those listening do, but what was it, um, that, that was the spark for the Black Equity Coalition, um, to begin? You know, what was it that poise and with all the data and all the things that were coming in, We've known these things for a while. What was it that was the spark that said, all right, we need to do something more, and this ambassador program becomes this push? So, quite frankly, it began with um, the vaccinations and Mm. being able to give opportunity um, to areas um, that did not have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, whether an individual didn't know how to use electronics or couldn't stand in long lines and da 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 da, da. you know, uh, that's where it began. Right. But as they started working in that situation, they started to see, whoa, this is affecting all sorts of areas. So let's let's broaden this scope. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and then it's if it's not happening here in Allegheny County, look. Um, that we need to look further than that because if it's happening here, it's happening everywhere. Right, so that's right. why they went to the Department of Health. And now um, this grant is just a groundbreaking data-driven um, um, piece to this because we've attached the social determinants of health to this mm-hmm. so that when we're going to stay on the ground. So when this is over, the goal is to continue to work within the social determinants of health. We just used COVID, mm-hmm. which because COVID was the one that created the monster or made everybody else identify the monster that we knew that existed anyway. Right, right. Um, and with COVID sort of being that kickoff and recently, you know, the government ends COVID in air quotes. Um, what do you see as sort of the pivot or the future or what's, you know, how does this work continue within the communities? Sure. So um, I just want to go back um, and recognizing um, something you had said. And then I can go forward mm-hmm. is that so COVID has not ended. Right. Um, the federal emergency has ended, which mm-hmm. means money is no longer being poured into the communities and free vaccines and da, 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 da. So with that said, um, COVID is still around. So and, and so health awareness has to continue to be around. Right. If nothing else, every, if you look in our history, every time there was a pandemic or an epidemic, it, something came out of it. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things that comes out of COVID and recognizing this. Number one is that I am my brother's keeper because if I have a cold and I sneeze, it travels five miles. I would, it would, the awareness of that didn't happen. Unless, except for the if, if issues of COVID right. um, and touching things and, and so on. Um, my mother had meningitis a few years back and it was, um, we traced it back to a grocery cart that she was in, you know? Mm-hmm. So there, we recognize these things. So when we look at 
what moving forward, first of all, we have to recognize we live in a world of germs. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. This isn't the last time we're going to have an epidemic or a pandemic. Okay. There's going to be something else that comes about. Now, this information and the goal of the BEC is to strengthen our communities because if we are not strengthened, we will die off mm-hmm. um, because we won't be able to fight. If I'm weak, I'm not going to be able to fight. If I'm sick, I'm not going to be able to fight for these equity um, situations. So therefore, we need to strengthen us by being on the ground, touching our health um, related issues and, and moving forward because mm-hmm. The healthier we are, the longer we live. Mm-hmm. The longer we live, the longer our families stay together, and so on, and so on. You're right, and I thank you for that as well. Um, you talked a little earlier about some of the the things that were noticed the the lack of diversity within you know healthcare workers in general. So that you know when our populations are showing up at the hospitals or clinics or wherever, there's no one there that looks like them, or there may be age disparities or these things. Or you know, in what ways is is this the funding sort of helping to solve some of those things or is that in a, a, you know, a different phase or something that if a group wants to do, they can put the money towards that? Sure. So um, a couple of things. We, I want to initiate this, that if there's a group that wants to initiate that, we would be willing to come alongside mm-hmm. um, and help you to do that. However, we have, um, we're doing this in two different levels. So first of all, the ambassadors are on the ground doing the work with the community mm-hmm. and then also bringing data back to us from the community hearing what they have to say. Number two is we're in the healthcare systems and we're talking to those individuals that I've identified in the white coat Mm -hmm. or the white coat syndrome. And we're talking to them and getting them to realize their bias. Um, I am a doctor, but that doesn't mean that I need to be pious. I need to have my head up in the air and think that I know everything and I'm because I am not God, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I am an individual um, who has been trained to help an individual um, be healthier. And that's how I need to look at this. Doesn't matter who's on the other side of that. I need to look at that. So mm-hmm. we are talking to them and we're engaging in conversations and discussions with those individuals. We're also engaging the federally qualified health centers, which is the community health center in every community um, and getting them um, to um, look better, to engage the community better, to um, make it more accessible if you will. Mm-hmm. When I say accessible is that depending on where you live, your your idea or perspective of the federally qualified health centers, meaning the community health center, um, could be different. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Philadelphia. There's 75 federally qualified health centers in there. But I got to tell you that the stigma of going into a community health center was that I had an STD, right? right. It wasn't because I was going before health care. So, and then when I go, it did not feel safe from the outside appearance to the inside appearance. So if we was to change all of that mm-hmm. so that people want to go and make the perspective different, I think that we would all, and when you get inside, those white coats treat mm-hmm. the person and the environment, I think we win. That's amazing. Um, and so that that idea of we win and talking about this, this, this effort, this push, um, this is the first phase of it you talk about. And this is sort of, you know, within the state of Pennsylvania, and I think um, in some of the training you talked about, even sort of nationwide, this is sort of a, a first, um, almost a pilot of sort of this kind of work that's being done, targeting a specific community and saying, we're going to go through sort of process by process and, and, and issue by issue and sort of work towards this notion of equality and equity. What does success look like with a project of this scale that has never really been done? 
is there success or is it the notion that we're going to keep on going, you know, but what is, what is the check of we've done something, you know, there's an impact that has been made. So I want to go back to the old adage of how do you eat an elephant? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one bite at a time. And I think that that's what the Black Equity Coalition is. So we started with these engaging these ambassadors and we have now several ambassadors, over 150 ambassadors. Um, And now those ambassadors are going to be a part of a statewide coalition um, automatically Mm -hmm. because you're part of the BEC you're part of a statewide coalition. And what that means is now we're going to um, continue to work in your area, but that is now going to branch out through triangulation of resources. So therefore, the issues and messages that you have within your community, we're going to um, collaborate with other communities and come up with a top list of five and things that we need to deal with as a state mm-hmm. and then we're going to deal with them whether we're lobbying um we're getting our um state representatives involved our, our local representatives involved and we're going to start hitting that inequity piece um one section at a time um what does success looks like well um, i'm engaging one one community right now and they are um creating a uh, free to low cost grocery store slash um, healthy foods in a food desert. Mm. That's a win. Mm. You know, so um, successes looks different in many different areas. Um, that's why we're engaging those ambassadors right. on the ground. So, because you know what's best, what you need. Right. Right. Um, and I want to go back to something you talked about um, and you may have just answered it, but the you're collecting data, you know, from these different events and things that are going on um, and learning about the different communities that these 150 ambassadors um, are working in. What are we doing with this data? You know, you've got this real sort of hands on access to individuals and groups that traditionally people haven't sort of been freely given this data. What are you doing with it and why should we trust you with it? So, um, well, um, so the data that we are collecting um, at this grant um, range will end um, next year Mm -hmm. around March of 2024. We will take all of this data and we will will, um, issue it to the Pennsylvania Department of Health. Um, They will take that data and they will continue to incorporate their mission statement, which states um, um, increasing equity in mm-hmm. low-income areas. Okay, so that's their mission statement, and that's one of the reasons why they gave us this money is so that they can move down that path or mm-hmm. begin to move down that path of creating equity in the health system. Um, so they are using this data, and this data is also is going to be what is used to gain more grant money. Mm-hmm. to go to the second phase. So that's why um, we started out with COVID, but mm-hmm. we added the social determinants of health so we can keep moving down the line. It doesn't end just because the federal emergency ends. Mm-hmm. doesn't end just because COVID money ends. Now we're moving to the next phase. And I like so, the way... Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. As far as trusting is concerned, mm-hmm. um, that, that's, again, that's why we're engaging... Um, our ambassadors, because we know that we're an outside entity moving into an area. And we all have these 
phobia is when it comes to people that we don't know coming into our area talking all this good game, mm-hmm. you know. But when it comes down to it, it's the people that you know are the ones that you trust. Right. So we're using your face, Dan, mm-hmm. um, and your voice to be able to, to get that trust out because mm-hmm. they trust you. They will trust us. Um, and I really do love this approach of using the ambassadors as a means, as a liaison into these communities. Um, and a lot of the work that I do, that's always that big question of, well, how do we get involved in these communities? How do we find someone? And it's always, well, they don't trust you yet because you haven't shown up. You know, find someone, support that individual and listen, and they will let you know what this community needs. And you've almost procedurally, this is what you're actually doing with this approach. Um, But it also speaks to this notion of while right now you may not be able to put your finger on, this is something that the Black Equity Coalition did. This is the very early stages in a long process that when we look back, we may not even remember this part of the process because this is the founding and the built the, the founding blocks and the foundation for what's coming out of that. Can you speak to that notion that this is so early, we may even forget all of this? Oh, for sure. So this is very early um, because even... Even when we engage, when the ambassadors are engaging individuals, sometimes um, they're still pushing back on the idea of COVID. Mm-hmm. But please understand, we're moving towards the social determinants of health. Um, this COVID gave us information mm-hmm. that we need to use so that we can be healthy, that we took for granted. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, when you look at the, the groundwork that we're doing and the foundations, we are identifying food deserts that no one else identified, except for the people that lived in them. Right, right. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, we're dealing with um, areas of poor health insurance um, and how we can get individuals health insurance or lobby for different ways and means. Um, and then dealing with the community health centers. Yeah. So. When you're looking at all the aspects of stuff that we're dealing with, um, these are beginning stages. So, but we're talking from the top down, from the bottom up, mm-hmm. right? And when you meet in the middle, again, it's like the elephant. Um, I'm not going to be able to devour that thing in one, one soup. Um, you may not recognize the change, but one day you're going to wake up and say, oh man, look. Look at what just happened. And that's the subtleness or that's how things are going to be moving um, throughout this process. Um, And I like that you said that, you know, the the food deserts that those who live there did know exist. Um, I think often when we talk about findings in this research, it's we discovered there was a food desert in Philadelphia. No, no, no. You didn't discover it. It's been there. You're just now looking in that direction or you're just now listening to those who are on the ground. But it was always there. It just didn't suddenly show up because you happened to turn and look at it. That's correct. So given all this work and that this is the beginning, if there's someone out there who's interested in getting involved, um, maybe as an ambassador or some other way, what would that look like for them? Sure. So as of right now, the application process for an ambassador has closed. Mm -hmm. Um, However, um, I'm not sure if there's a way of being able to put my email um, Mm -hmm. or so on, my phone number. Um, to contact me and we can make you a part of the listserv mm-hmm. um, because as um, opportunities come along as we move forward in this um, and you have, we're looking for four things. We're looking for integrity. Mm-hmm. We're looking for intent. We're looking for reach of service um, and we're looking for results. 
So if you fit those four categories, um, please contact me. We will make sure you become a part of our listserv. Um, and then as things come on, we will start engaging you um, and making helping you to be a part of what this bigger process is. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yep. Now I'll make sure that that goes in the show notes and folks know how to reach out and get a hold of you. And um, I want to sort of end on a weird note. How did you get involved in all this? Like, what oh is it that brought you? Because um, you're doing amazing work and the, the events that I've been at and even from the emails, you're all over the state all the time, you know, keeping track of all these things. What drew you in or how did you become involved, you know, with the Black Equity Coalition? Sure. So I have been working in the social service field for 22 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I bring a lot of wealth of knowledge from dealing with family and, and children or adolescents that have um, had some difficult um, situations that they were dealing with, whether that's through incarceration or probation or what have you, dealing with school issues and so on. Um, dad, lack of dads or lack of moms or foster issues issue so many different things um also mental health area and so on so with that said um i have been able to create many different um things that is continuing in existence now in the area that i live Mm -hmm. um when this opportunity came along it allowed me to do what i'm what i did in that community throughout the state so um, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, as you know, Dan, when we first met, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. we we talked about you do what you do. Yep. I'm not here to change that. <laughs> All I'm doing is here to help enhance what you're doing um, and bring some expertise into the game. If there's something that you're trying to do and you're trying to figure out how to get that done, that's, I'm just a soundboard um, and to be and some advice giver. Mm-hmm. to many different areas. So that's why I'm here. That's what I'm doing. And I love that work. I love um, being able to broaden my scope um, to, to the state and being able to talk to people on the ground. Um, I think that's my forte is just talking to people mm-hmm. and being able to understand them um, and, and then taking what I hear back and giving them something that's tangible. Yeah. And I just uh, There was somebody that said to us, um, on um, from in one of our ambassadors' posts, saying that there people always say that these grants come go into our community, but we never see a dime. Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, if you're not seeing the BEC shirt in your community, then we need to talk to our ambassadors because um, <laughs> we are doing the work, and I'm seeing it when as they send me these event summaries and mm-hmm. uh, and the data that's coming back. And I've been there, so mm-hmm. I see what they're doing to these areas. And in many areas, we they see the shirt, and they come up to me and shake my hand and saying, thanks for what you're doing oh, in our wow. community. It never happened before. So, you know, so that's what we want to continue to do. Yeah. I just want to be a representative of something bigger. Yeah. Um, it's you guys that are doing the work that is actually doing that work. So. That's amazing. That's amazing. So thank you for that backstory. So um, is there anything else you want to share before we close out? Any last minute tidbits or anything that we didn't discuss or cover? Yes, I just want you to be, I want everyone to understand that I, I just want you to be open-minded, recognizing that um, I know we're dealing with COVID. There's many people who struggle with COVID and there's a hesitancy towards getting vaccinated if you haven't been vaccinated already. I just need you to be aware that um, as you move in time, Things should get better. Mm-hmm. And because things get better, then um, the duration of fixing things 
shortened. I mean, we have electric cars, right? right? Who would have thought that you live in the time of George Jetson? Right. right? But but we do. So knowing that, that fix every that goes around everything. Mm-hmm. And we do have a representation at the table. I'm asking you and challenging every listener that when you hear something, if it's not right, don't go to the conspiracy theory. Go and research yourself with individuals and agencies that have been vetted mm-hmm. to give you the truth. And then find out for yourself. Yeah, thank you for that. And I love that note, the, the the fact that they've been vetted um, and making sure that, you know, where you're doing your research is from sources that know what they're actually talking about. That so, is correct. Yeah, so no. Thank you very much for your time today, Cleveland. This has been an amazing discussion. Um, for those listening, um, I will put in the show notes um, how to get a hold of Cleveland um, and share links out to Poise and the Black Equity Coalition so you can follow along with some of the work they're doing. Cleveland Way, thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate this time. Thank you for listening to Systemic. This podcast aims to create a community of change and can only do so through your support. Please make sure you subscribe and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you would, head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and leave a review. The more you share and review Systemic, the more our community of change can grow. Another way you can help is supporting Systemic on Patreon. Your contributions will allow the podcast to expand and give you the opportunity to support Systemic offline. Thank you again for listening and your support. Systemic is a production and passion of Park Multimedia. And remember, to solve any problem, you must first acknowledge it exists.